The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. We're coming to you live and around the world on the Talk Star Radio Network from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to give us a call, our toll-free number is 1-877-528-8255. That is toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. My email address is exone at talkstarradio.com. On MSN Messenger, talkstarradio at hotmail.com. And our websites, www.xzoneradio.com and www.xzonetv.com. We're playing Beatle music tonight because this coming Monday night we are going to be doing an hour into the conspiracy belief that Paul McCartney one of the original Beatles, was replaced after his untimely death. He was replaced, according to conspiracy theorists of the Beatles' death, by one named Billy Shear. Another conspiracy theory is is that he was actually replaced by a former member of the Toronto Police Department. Now, the conspiracy theorists say that there was a worldwide... Um, search for a Paul McCartney double. And Paul McCartney's double was found, actually, in the United Kingdom by the name of Billy Shear. That's this coming Monday here on the Exxon, live and around the world on the Talk Star Radio Network. My guest this hour, Exxon Nation, is Elizabeth Anglin. She is a gifted psychic reader, scientific remote viewer, animal communicator, evidential spirit medium, and Reiki master the daughter of a biologist and science educator who is also psychically gifted, Elizabeth has spent much of her life involved in scientific research activities, assisting work in fields ranging from particle physics to nuclear engineering, chemistry, and environmental pollution and public policy. Elizabeth met Dr. John E. Mack in the early 1990s, when after having a series of unsettling conscious experiences with alien beings, she realized that her experiences with these beings had been lifelong and that other members in her family, as well as members of the community she grew up in, had also had these experiences. Now, while in shock over this realization, she called Bud Hopkins, who arranged for her to meet with Dr. John Mack, to speak about working together to research her experiences. After their meeting in early May of 1990, Elizabeth became one of the first alien abduction experiencers to undergo regression with Dr. Mack, as well as one of the first alien abductees to speak about her experiences to a panel of psychiatrists at Harvard University. 
Elizabeth appears as the abductee Annie, discussing the nature of time in the book Abduction by Dr. John Mack, and as Amy, Amy, I'm sorry, in Alien Discussions, Procedures of Abduction Study Conferences held at MIT, uh, at MIT, as a member of a wider group of abductees, her information also appears in Dr. John Mack's Passport to the Cosmos. She and Dr. Mack remained friends to the present day, with uh, Dr. Mack sometimes taking advantage of her skills as an evidential spirit medium to give some updates on his journey of life in spirit to friends and families. Elizabeth is currently writing a book about her lifelong experience with aliens and what it was like to research these experiences with Dr. John Mack. Elizabeth joins me on the other side of this two-minute commercial break as the Exxon continues live and around the world on the Talk Star Radio Network from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine like hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a southern flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining room can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you're visiting, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic Felsmere. Or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, old Florida cuisine at its best. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. This is Johanna Carroll, host of Dialogue with Divinity on the X-Zone Broadcast Network. While walking along Kanapali Beach in Maui this past year, I kept discovering all these shells and coral in the shape of hearts. My Dialogue with Divinity was very simple. Do you want me to do a retreat to heal people's hearts in Maui next year? And of course, the answer was yes. As a master spiritual teacher, I am offering you a neat retreat called Rise, May 8th through the 12th, 2017, and the chance of a lifetime to rest at a five-star resort for five days and experience a spiritual renewal of your heart and soul. Kanapali is one of the top five beaches in the world. 
This stunning resort has undergone a $40 million renovation. I walked the entire property, checked out the room choices on your behalf, and I must say it is stunning. Our conference room faces the ocean with sliding glass doors. Maui is known as Mother Maui because it is a soft, gentle, healing energy. In the embrace of Mother Maui, you will feel yourself rising from the limitations of an ordinary life to an extraordinary journey of peace, bliss, and harmony, a greater sense of clarity. Our Rise Retreat ignites renewal in the sacred elements of air, water, earth, fire, and wind. There's plenty of free time to enjoy all that Maui has to offer. A small deposit is required now to reserve your space as this retreat, it will sell out. For more details, please go to johannacarroll.com and register today. Aloha, and I'll see you in mystical Maui. Welcome back, everyone. Our special guest this hour is Elizabeth Anglin. And Elizabeth, welcome to the Exxon. Hi, thanks, Rob. Elizabeth, what was it like when you realized that the experiences that you were having were actually alien contact? Oh, I. Um, John always asked me, he used to say, so you're having some ontological shock. And I didn't know what that meant, so I said, yes, I'm freaking out. Um, I was terrified. Um, it, it was um, it was an invasion of my home. It was an invasion of my physical body. Um, it was. I realized that that basically I was in my own personal space invaders situation. And unfortunately, there had been some things that had happened in the community where I grew up, where one of um, one of the children that I grew up with had actually been killed during an alien experience, or I, I believe that at this time that that is what had happened. And everybody freaked out when it happened. And so when I realized that the, these were aliens in my room, you know, then I couldn't move and they were about to take me away, I connected it back with what happened with him, and I became terrified that I was going to be put back in my bed dead. So it was really, really bad for me. Can you Somebody take a, else? Can you, so take a, can you take us back in time and tell us about these experiences that you had when you were young? Well, um, I had, uh, you know, I had a lot of dreams when I was a, a child. One of them that that upset my my mother and my father greatly was that I had a dream that some bad men had taken my daddy and they had shot him in the head with something that was like a light. And I was three, and my dad was actually studying for his master's degree at the University of California. He was away, and um, he was on a field trip at the time. And he had an experience at the same time I had this dream that these bad men were holding my daddy hostage, and they shot him in the head. And I woke up screaming for my mother that these bad men had my daddy and and that, you know, they, they'd shot him in the head. And my feeling in the dream was, you know, don't do anything to him. Do anything to me you want, but don't, don't hurt my daddy. And I was only three. And my mom uh, was so upset by the strength of my emotion over this dream. This wasn't just a dream where you can take a child and 
you know, pat them on the head and comfort them, and, and they'll go back to sleep, and it all go away. This, I kept worrying about my dad, and I wouldn't stop worrying about him until I saw him again. And what happened was my dad was having an experience at the same time in California. What kind so of experience? He, he was on a bus in the Sierra Madres on a field trip with a group of other students, mm-hmm. and the bus stopped because there was a silver disc in the road, and the bus driver tried to back up and looked behind and all of a sudden was frozen. And they missed nine hours of time. So the bus didn't get back, and, they, and the bus driver and everybody explained it as, oh, the bus broke down, what happened? Um, well, I guess, you know, our bus broke down and it took us a while to get back. But my dad knew that he had had an experience because he had been having experiences since he was a child. So when I had this dream, you know, what I thought was a dream about mm-hmm. my dad that as a child really, really upset me, he hears this from my mother. He comes, he quits his program for school and comes back to Michigan where I grew up to basically try to protect me. So protect you from that, what? That was my first ex- conscious conscious dream experience. But protect him, it was protect you from what? Oh, he was very afraid that I was being abducted by aliens and, and that, you know, and he, I think he was also scared himself about what was happening with him. So he just, he, he packed it all up and moved back to Michigan. And, uh, you know, these things were kept secret in my family mm-hmm. until I came out with it. He tried to explain it to my mom. He tried to explain it to, you know, other people, and she she was very skeptical, and she just shut him down. So there was this big secret going on the whole time that I was growing up because of the stigma. And um, Now, you, some, said, you said earlier that you were afraid that you were going to be put back in your bed dead like the other little boy. Yeah, this was a this was a teenager, mm-hmm. and um, I'm one of the few experiencers that has a police report. I was actually abducted from the assistant DA's uh, basement with his daughter, and they they saw something. They saw lights. Uh, they went out to look for us. Um, they were, you know, basically. It, what had happened is this boy had died. He had been put back in his room naked with a very suspicious hole in his head. And there was no entry. There was no forced entry. This was not a gunshot wound. This was not a knife wound. And so for a couple of weeks before this abduction of myself and the assistant DA's daughter from their, from their basement, everyone was in a panic over... Our, over our safety because this guy had kept a dream journal and my name was mentioned in the dream journal um, this this girl who was a friend of mine was mentioned in the dream journal and I was not friends with him but she was and so they were afraid that there was some sort of you know drug activity which I was not involved with or some other kind of activity or or Dungeons and Dragons which was something that this, this kid did play or something else going on that was was going to, you know, hurt her or hurt me or hurt one of these other people that he wrote about in his dream journal. Well, what happened, so they were on high alert to look out for us because there was this big mystery. How did he die? 
you know, how can you have that kind of wound? How can you be put back? How can you be in your room in a locked house with no forced entry and be dead? You know, <laughs> and 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 then what is what was he writing about? The information he was writing about was was very very different than what they expected to find from a typical sixteen year old. So, um, in any case, they were on high alert. They were watching, and because they were on high alert. They noticed when something happened with my friend and I, we were out of the house for a period of hours. We were put back while they were out of the house looking for us, and neither one of us remembered anything. So we come back, and we're getting the 10th degree. I have police in my room going through my dream journals and my stuff. They're asking us where we were, and we're going, um, and what we did, and we're saying, well, you know, we... We uh, came home, and we watched a movie until 1.30, and then we went to sleep, and then we woke up, and now we're having breakfast with you. Everything is great. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, what is your problem? We didn't know because we didn't, we didn't have any memory of anything happening to us. Do you have any conscious recollection of any of the abduction experiences that you had? Yes, I do. I do, and that's when I realized that... Um, it wasn't until I had conscious experience of being immobilized, of having more than one being in my house um, when I was uh, 23. Um, they, I was just about to go to, to bed, but I wasn't anywhere near asleep yet. My cat starts growling at something. I hear some noises. My cat starts growling and goes to investigate. I'm thinking, geez, those are big-sounding rats. You know, or as a huge rat that just, because they, they were downstairs and we were upstairs and the cat goes down the stairs to investigate and I look after him as he goes down the stairs and all of a sudden I'm immobilized and there's this really eerie blue light and I hear footsteps coming up the stairs. My cat, it's not my cat, it's, it's, you know, bipedal footsteps coming up the stairs and I'm looking at the doorway and these eyes come out of the out of the weird blue light and are looking at me and I'm paralyzed and part of me thinks I know you and the other part of me thinks what's going on here <laughs> and and this creature just thinks at me telepathically look at me and I can't move and I'm really getting upset by the fact that I can't move he turns his head from side to side so I can see his face very clearly and his eyes very clearly and he thinks look at me again and I and I'm yelling at him in my head because I can't move a muscle or even my mouth. I'm thinking, uh, several obscenities, yes, I know who you are, several more obscenities, and I can't move several obscenities, I'm going to several obscenities move. <laughs> and, um, and then I get up enough adrenaline and I move. And at that point, I hear, I hear that the, downstairs there, there's these swapping sounds, like, like something going through a wall, swap, swap, swap. And the guy that was in front of me goes through the ceiling, swap. And um, I'm terrified. Nothing bad happened, but I was terrified, and I was totally conscious. What did they look like? Well, um, this was what, I mean, if you're in the experiencer community, and, and and this is not the sanitized version, there are different types of of aliens that work together. And, and this is what I would call little blue guy. They're a little shorter. They're a little short, squatter. They have a blue-gray tint. They're not a light gray. Their heads are a little more square. 
and they seem, and this was one of those, they have very seal-like eyes. Um, it's almost as if you could take the, the rest of the body away. They would look like, it would look like a harbor seal looking at you. Hmm. Um, and, but their chins are more square and their heads are not as elongated. And my experience with them has been that they're, they're really the, the body controllers, the physical body controllers, and, and they can do a bit of mind control as well. And, Elizabeth, and stand by. You yeah. and I have to take a commercial break with the news at the bottom of the hour. Let's continue this on the other side. Elizabeth Anglin is our special guest, XO Nation, and Elizabeth is going to be with us when we come back from this commercial break. Her website is www.elizabethanglin.com. That's Elizabeth, A-N-G-L-I-N dot com. My name is Rob McConnell, and this is the Exxon on Talkstar. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back, everyone. Elizabeth Anglin is our special guest. Her website is www.elizabethanglin.com. Elizabeth, before we went to the commercial break, you were telling us about the blue alien uh, who you, I believe, uh, said were responsible for the the transportation of the body of the abductee yeah they tend to be uh, they tend to be the ones at least in my experiences mm-hmm. is if you're actually physically being abducted you don't always you aren't always physically abducted that doesn't happen across the board but if you actually physically are and they want to immobilize you so that you don't hurt yourself or hurt somebody else um, these tend to be the ones that that seem to be able to do the, the physical energetic body control and the mind control um, to the extent that um, it, it just it seems like they they keep you from getting into too much trouble when you when you're um, resisting so what, you don't move what did they do to you when they abducted you oh gosh I had so many different I, I well I, I had some conscious experiences but they were usually beginnings or ends or Portions, mm-hmm. or what I thought were dreams, and they weren't actually dreams. But I had 19 regressions, and um, so there's. And then I've had some more subtle experiences where it's just sort of um, changing my energy body so that 
that I'm um, energetically healed or energetically upgraded. So there's everything from really, in in my situation, everything from really invasive gynecological procedures to uh, procedures on my brain. Um, I was worked on, my brain was worked on with light to help me see through, um, uh, I think Thomas Campbell would call it reality frames, but that this was to help, you know, basically interdimensional seeing, understanding that this reality is is not just one reality that we're dealing with. There are other beings sharing it with us, and and they may be more subtle. Um, they have their own agendas. But that came about through aliens working on my head with, with light, opening up new neuronal pathways. Um, I've, I've had the whole gamut from really painful to sexual to psychological to um, traveling to other planets. And and so it's, you know, John simply said, it's complicated. <laughs> you know, a lot of things he didn't report. He'd say, yeah, you know, when you get into it, it's complicated. Boy, was it complicated. What planets did you go to? I don't know. I mean, there, there's one in particular that other people, other abductees have have been to. I, I only really remember two, and I don't know what they're called. Um, I think the one in particular that, that other abductees and I have been to is, is actually in a different dimensional reality. And um, it seemed like there was some designs on that being the next a planet where human and al- human life and alien life could work together to create something new. Um, I know some of the researchers talk about aliens wanting to come on Earth and, you know, take over the Earth and share the Earth with us. I don't think so. I think there's actually a different planet in a dimension next door that where that would be something that I've talked to and experienced with other abductees is, is something that may be potentially happening. Now, the 19 regression hypnosis sessions that you had, who were they done by? Um, John did, well, actually, I had one with, a, I believe, I can't, her name, first name was Barbara, I can't, don't know if it's Barbara Lamb or, mm-hmm. if it's different, fact, did not work out well for me. She got, she got scared in my regression and pulled me out of it, <laughs> right in the middle of the worst part, so I was walking around wow. very traumatized for a week. So I'm sorry, if it's not Barbara Lamb, I tried to put it out of my head, so my very first one scared the crap out of her, <laughs> and so... And then I then I started working with John after that because I said I never want to do that again. Um, I never want to get pulled out, you know, before every before I'm put back safely. Sure. You know? I, I've got, um, <laughs> why you? Why were you being abducted? You know, I it's in my family. My dad talked with Doctor Mack, and mm-hmm. and he explained that he had had reports from his father um, that and that it was. And then his father um, had explained to him, it, it might have been on both sides of his family, um, because his grandmother was also extremely psychic. But his side of the family were also Cherokee, were also part Native American. And, and so um, his part of the family was Chickamauga Cherokee. They had not gone on the Trail of Tears. They had gone up into the, the Appalachian Hills and hid and, you know, come back down and said, we're you know, black Irish, you know, leave us alone. And, and he never realized that he was Cherokee, and that's why people were beating him up when he was a kid, you know. Mm-hmm. So, 
but you know there could be something to that because there is something in the Cherokee lore that you know children are taken away by by you know beings and taught different things and so it's a it's a very it seems to have some Native American connection in my family but I can't be sure I wasn't there and you know oral histories weren't passed sure. down because they were hiding Elizabeth, you are a psychic reader, and mm -hmm. uh, your psychic abilities, are they a result of your alien abductions? Um, part of them are. I, you know, I talked about the one procedure with the light mm -hmm. and what was explained to me that they were opening up more neuronal pathways so that I could perceive, and I, perceive the greater reality. Um, so... Part of them, are, there are some, but I was always very um, in tune and very psychic as a child. And, uh, you know, it led me to being labeled as a gifted child and um, doing things that people didn't expect. And um, so it's hard to tell how much of it is, is genetic because, again, my great-grandmother was known to be extremely psychic. My dad is psychic. And how much of it was improved upon or enhanced by alien technology. Now, prior to your alien abduction experiences, had you been given an IQ test? Oh, yeah. And okay. was your IQ different after your experiences? Oh, no. After, well, I had my experiences all of my life, um, but I would be considered in the top 2%. Um, one was way above genius level, and then the next one in high school, I was having problems because my parents were getting a divorce and all sorts mm -hmm. of things were happening, was, was like 130-something high. So it's borderline top 2%. A lot of abductees have very high IQs or are in, you know, the top 2%. A lot of the ones that I've met, and it may be that these are the ones who self-select, these are the ones who notice, these are the ones who are less afraid to come forward. But within the group of abductees, I would say almost everybody I've met would be considered, you know, in the top 2% of IQ. Are you still having abduction experiences? No, um, my spirit, my spiritual path actually provided me with a way of um, re renegotiating my contract with the aliens so that they do not abduct me. I can't, you know, I I basically connected some higher spiritual beings and said, "Hey, I have had enough of this physical stuff. This is really killing me. Can we talk about this and, and maybe decide on doing something else?" And that was allowed to happen, and after that I didn't have any anything but every once in a while a subtle experience, which is, is not a physical abduction, it's more of an energy up, upgrade or an energy boost or just, just basically taking care of my body energetically. Have you been regressed by a person who is not affiliated with any aspect of ufology or alien abduction scenarios? Wow, that would be interesting. No, I've had three regressors. I talked about Barbara John, mm -hmm. and, and then Joanne Bachman was the other one. And uh, Joanne is a psychologist, and then, of course, John was a great psychiatrist and clinician, and then Barbara, who it didn't work out. But mm -hmm. um, that, um, no, nobody else. So you've never had uh, an independent uh, regression done? No, but, you know, when I started working with John, it, it seemed to be independent because he was not an abduction researcher at that time. I was the, one of the first two, and we were within the same week. Mm -hmm. So we didn't know which way he was going to go. I mean, he could have just as easily dumped my butt in McLean Hospital and said, I'm sorry, you know. <laughs> so, 
but he didn't, which we're very thankful for. So at the time, he was still, you know, it took him a few months to say, I, uh, yeah, there's really, I really feel strongly enough that I can, I want to take this to my colleagues at, at Harvard and, and talk about it. So it, it, you know, it didn't seem like something was missing because he wasn't really a researcher. He was just delving a little bit. How has being uh, an alien abductee changed your life? Oh, my gosh. Oh, well, um, you know, in my 30s, I used to look at the mom with the 2.4 kids in the minivan who was, you know, on the career path and say, why didn't I do that? Mm -hmm. um, I've had to spend most of my time working in either nonprofit, nonprofit groups, environmental groups, or, or because of my belief systems, because of my experiences about what's happening, you know, with the degradation of the planet that, that, you know, our physical bodies are very important, our planet is very important, and, you know, we're really wrecking our ability to have future experiences as human beings if we wreck this planet and we wreck the environment. So, you know, my feelings about that have really put me into very low-paying nonprofit jobs or in uh, scientific academics where people are really looking for truth. Um, I worked at MIT with physicists, um, and, the, you know, real scientists are, are open-mindedly, creatively looking for truth. So um, I've never really been able to work in the corporate world. I've, um, you know, it's really hard to date you know, when you have such a huge experience of, of um, otherworldly things going on. Um, but I'm happy because I feel like I'm awake. And, and I have a, a, a very good friends, and I have a very good spiritual knowledge and very good knowledge of reality, and, and things really tickle me, you know, just looking at the human condition. So I think I'm happier than I might have been if I had sort of stuck with a conventional worldview, but my life is definitely very different because I was, you know, I started this work at 24, mm -hmm. so it's very different than it would have been. How has uh, the, your, uh, your abduction experiences changed your belief scenario in uh, religious matters? You know, it's very odd. Everybody, you know, uh, Dr. Mack said that he expected and his assistant said that she expected that it would um, change my belief in God, and it didn't change it one iota. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I have always been a very open-minded um person in terms of religion. I had an open-minded father. I was raised Methodist, Quaker, um, just go outside and consider God in all things. And then um, the Pentecostal church took over the Quaker church, so I became a born-again Christian at 14. Well, I've never not been a born-again Christian since that point, but I don't believe everything the church says about Christ, but I do believe that he, you know, is definitely, you know, a good, good spiritual uh, you know, he's going to make sure that I'm okay when I get to the other side, and he's made sure I've been okay here. I believe in, in God, the Creator, in a very scientific term, that, you know, look at all this order, look at look at this, you know, how could there not be some some wonderful creative force here that's very intelligent, though I don't believe in, I believe in evolution, I don't believe in, you know, some of these things like intelligent design. I, I, I'm more like a, um, Collins of the NIH who talks about his belief in God. How how can you not look at this and say there's you know that there's no God? Um, 
but I also believe in the divine creativity that is in, in human beings, and I've seen that work, and, and that there are other beings that are non-physical that, that interact with us, and then that some of these personal, uh, you know, personal saviors or bodhisattvas or are, are real personages in spirit. And, and so yeah, I'm very open-minded. It, it didn't, you know, aliens didn't replace my religion, basically, bottom line. It didn't replace a thing. In fact, they enhanced it. Why have you decided to come out of the closet now and reveal who you are and um, tell your story to the world? Um, well, one of my clients who I helped said, uh, you know, I'm in a position to help you do whatever you want, so what, do you, what is it that you want to do that will further what you have to offer to the world? And I said, well, I've been trying to write this book for a long time, and, I, and, and it's scary to write it, so I always find an excuse not to because I'm working too hard or this or that or the other thing. And so we just came down to it. And, and also from the other side, Dr. Mack has kind of been kicking me going, and, and he would do this for any of his experiencers, saying, tell your story, tell your story. You know, he's gone. He, when he was alive, he wanted to be the one to tell the story for me and for other abductees, and he did that to the best of his ability and, and in a way that wouldn't get him into way too much trouble. Is there any way to authenticate your claims? Um, um, his first assistant is one of my best uh, friends. His second assistant is one of my best friends. All right, but there is no there is no evidence. Oh well, yeah. There's oh oh physical evidence. Yeah. The only physical evidence we were able to come up with with me was a wire that came out of my sinuses that was sent to Dave Pritchard at MIT. And this ended up being an unbreakable wire. All right, stand by. I've got to take my, new, my final break. Elizabeth okay. Anglin is our special guest, and we'll continue this uh, rather amazing story on the other side of this break as the Exxon continues right here on Talkstar. Don't go away. We'll be back after this break. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Hi, I'm Larry Lawson, host of Paranormal Stakeout. With over 36 years in law enforcement, I have learned a few things. The most important is the proper gathering and preservation of evidence is vital to putting the bad guy behind bars. It's no different in the world of paranormal investigation. Whether it's the search for the afterlife, cryptozoology, UFOs, and extraterrestrials, how we gather the evidence, preserve that evidence, and present it to a jury of our peers will make the ultimate difference in proving the existence of worlds and entities that are beyond our imagination. Join me, Larry Lawson, every week on Paranormal Stakeout when, along with my guests, we'll take a journey to prove with indisputable evidence what man has struggled to believe for centuries. Go to xzbn.net for the broadcast schedule and check me out at paranormalstakeout.com.
True healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. Elizabeth, why are the aliens abducting humans? Well, you know, that depends on which aliens you're getting abducted by, and um, I guess it seems to be, to me, about... Um, I, I, I tend to go back to the Native American story of the ant people, um, especially having experiences of this other planet, and I tend to go with what I feel I've been told. My feeling is, and, and of course don't have any scientific proof or evidence for this, that they are moving us or moving some of us or will move, you know, generations of us um, to another place. It, it sort of is a, a safety procedure in case we, you know, have a nuclear war or, or really mess up the planet or there's some catastrophe here. Um, we're, we are a planet that appears to be, seems to be on the on the brink. We are people that that seem to be about to really make a mess out of this. Yeah. Now you so, said you you excuse me for interrupting here, but you all you just said that the planet that you went to now was is this a conscious recall or is this what you've been told based on oh, regression no, this hypnosis? Oh no, this is actually a conscious recall. I thought it was a dream, but um, it was corroborated by the people that were with me there, you know. <laughs> it was like we all kind of got together and said, do you remember this? Yeah, I remember that. Well, what were you doing? Well, you know, you did that and and it, and it just comes you just go, "Oh, crap, that wasn't a dream." You know, some of these things you you hope that you think they're a dream, and oh, I was dreaming about you. No, no, you said this, and I said this, and then you tripped over that shoelace, and you know. So this is, and it's a planet that I viewed, um, I viewed remote viewed, and I've I've asked um, about it um, from from help that I have in spirit that knows about this, and and basically it it's a it's a new place. It's it's a new planet, and um, the Native Americans that I've talked to will corroborate. They think that you know we're going to be moved, or some of us will be moved, and um, this is a, a new kind of energetically clean, clear, wonderful, beautiful place. So I would have hope for that. However, I kind of worry about dealing with aliens because of their ability to control us. <laughs> so, but in my experience, there's there's some of that you know, idea of moving us onto a place so that we're safe. So our genetic material, our ability to experience, our ability to learn in these bodies um, is is kept intact and, and so that we can go on and keep having this learning experience of life, which to me uh, it appears to be what this is all about. Elizabeth, I want to thank you very much for joining us tonight. Continued uh, success and, um, I don't know, what do you say, uh Happy voyages. 
Okay, thanks, Rob. All right, Elizabeth. Bye-bye now. Bye. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't know. That gut feeling inside of me says, Especially with no collaborating uh, evidence. Anybody can make uh, make up anything and try and sell it. Follow the money. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news with David Champion. He's going to be doing psychic readings for one and all who give us a call at one eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five. I'm going to uh, take a break now, and if I'm lucky, I'm not going to be abducted by blue aliens. I'll be right back.